Hello and welcome to Embodying Change, a podcast about cultivating care and compassion in aid and development. I'm Marianne Clement, and this podcast is part of an initiative I'm working on with Melissa Pitotti, which is being hosted by the CHS Alliance. Our work looks at the intersections between mental health, people management, and organisational culture within aid and development organisations. And to do that, we use the lens of care and compassion. In the first few episodes of this podcast, you're going to hear Melissa and I interview a number of different people about responding with care and compassion to the current COVID-19 pandemic, which is affecting most of the world right now. Firstly today, you'll hear Melissa talk with Tanya Wood, the Executive Director of CHS Alliance. You'll hear them introduce the initiative and the Alliance and talk about the question of how we might work well in the context of COVID-19. I'm very pleased to be here today with Tanya Wood. She's the Executive Director of the CHS Alliance. She's led membership organizations internationally, most recently as CEO of the International Federation of Anti-Leprosy Associations, otherwise known as ILEP. She was the Director of Partnerships and Policy at the International Council of Voluntary Agencies, known as ICVA. And she's held various management positions at the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies. Her areas of expertise include strategy and organizational development and elaborating partnership and coordination platforms and policies. Welcome to you, Tanya. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great to join you. Thank you for doing this. Just to get started, we're living in uh, historic times. Uh, Out of curiosity, how are you? How are you doing? I have to say I'm doing well. I um, recognize how lucky I am. Um, I have a busy household with four kids who are giving us plenty of entertainment, um, if not a little challenging at times. Um, And it's great. It's great connecting in with the team. And uh, while it's challenging, I've got to understand just how lucky uh, I am at the moment. Great. Uh, For those listeners who might not be familiar with the CHS Alliance, do you mind to just say a few words about what it is, what it does, why it does that? So I think the most important thing about the Alliance is we're a membership organization and we're really focused on the kind of how aid works. So we're really looking at kind of how aid can work better, tying in looking at how aid works better first and foremost for the people we're trying to assist, but understanding, and this is really important to us, understanding that that only works well when the staff and the volunteers are also uh, aids working well for them. So it tries to connect with both how the people on the ground are receiving aid, how we're listening to them, how we're managing and listening to their concerns. But also to do that, we need the right policies and processes and practice in for our organizations to look after our staff who deliver those services. And we have what's called the core humanitarian standard, which Mm -hmm. is the standard that organizations, the sector, the humanitarian sector is committed to. It's kind of core concepts of how we will make aid work better for people. Excellent. So uh, you've got a look at people who are affected by crisis and also the people who are serving them. Uh, When we talk about the people who are serving them, we often talk about this uh, concept of well-being. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm interested to know more about why you think the Alliance would 
attach importance to this concept of well-being of aid workers? Well, it goes back to that fundamental of like, unless you're well, you can't serve others well. It's kind of a, uh, I like to think of it as the oxygen mask on the plane. You have to get your own oxygen mask on to be able to help others. And I think we really, and uh, we'll talk a little about this, I hope, the kind of work that you've been doing on the caring and compassionate organizations. I think, you know, I think we've lost a little bit of that human touch uh, in the humanitarian sector. And it's important that we kind of keep that in mind of how we look after our staff and how we look after the aid workers and how their kind of well-being basically impacts the organizational culture. And then what it means that unless you're well, it's just not possible to serve others well. And that's a concept we really need to explore more in the sector. So I don't think very many people know, but you used to be my manager. And uh, you saw me overextend myself in my previous work. And you gave me some really great advice when that happened. Um, uh, part of this whole idea of looking at culture, uh, looking at care, looking at compassion, um, was inspired by some of your own experiences. So before we get into the initiative, just out of curiosity, um, where did you become interested in this idea of compassion and care? Yeah, I think it comes from... It comes, it comes from my own experience as a manager. Um, I enjoy, like I really enjoy management and the, like the complexity of it, um, but also how you bring teams that are always made up of a very diverse number of people and try and see how they can function at their best together um, while understanding the kind of different needs and different ways of working that everyone has. So that's, that's kind of something that's always fascinated me. And then the story about the compassionate, um, which I like to reflect on, was I was inspired once by talking to a gentleman called Dr. David Addis at the uh, Global Task Force, for Glo Task Force for Global Health. And he was talking about the work he was doing there, mainly on ethics, but trying to look at how compassion worked in the health sector and where and how had that term compassion maybe got lost in the health sector. And then we got to talking about, well, if it's got lost in the health sector, how does it fit in the humanitarian sector? And, and I think kind of playing with that concept of compassion, particularly on compassion, because I think it evokes different responses and different people. Like for some people, they connect with it. For others, they definitely don't connect with it. And I think that's just important or interesting for us to explore in terms of thinking about kind of, well, where does compassion sit? Where is it the real driver for what we do? And I think that was kind of one of the, one of the ideas to sort of, play with the term compassion to see where and how it fits in our sector. Yeah, interesting. After um, you challenged us to look at that concept, we were looking at the definition where compassion, it, it brings in the piece of empathy where you can um, almost feel the suffering of others um, together with this idea that you want to do something to relieve the suffering. Mm. 
when you look at it as this kind of um, two-piece concept, it seems to fit very naturally with the humanitarian sector because humanitarians sense the needs of people who are suffering and they want to do something to relieve that suffering. So it, in, in a sense, it makes perfect sense to bring them together. It's interesting that a lot of people kind of are uncomfortable, though, linking those two concepts together. Do you think that comes from a, a place of maybe misunderstanding or... Where do you think that comes from? Like everyone's got their own story and their own motivation. So I think it's, you know, it's obviously more nuanced than I could ever give it credit for. But I think as well, specific to the humanitarian sector is it needs and it has to operate as a machine in some, especially if we're looking at kind of, or even looking in conflict situations, but particularly in natural disasters. There's a point where we have to be quick, we have to be efficient. And just whether that drive, which is so critical and important, whether it overshadowed some of the sort of softer, the softer sort of caring and compassionate elements that probably a lot of our sector was built on if we go back to kind of the the sort of Henry Dunant's of the Red Cross world where they saw the sort of victims on the battlefield and it was about kind of really getting the nurses out and that kind of real compassion and sense of helping uh, fellow human beings. And maybe in our drive for the professionalization, we, we miss some of that. Um, maybe there's a, a kind of hopeful swing back um, to kind of rectify as anything does when it goes too far in one direction we have to kind of adapt it back to, to kind of bringing in that caring and compassion. And I think, I think that's starting to resonate. I think some people felt that we went too far on kind of efficiency and effectiveness, which are important, but not at the, not to lose that empathy with people. Exactly. So uh, when I started, uh, I came back from my leave, I had to take five months off and start working with the CHS Alliance. I was quite impressed. You have the core standard, you have commitment eight, which is looking at people management, taking good care of people. And then you have an organizational responsibility 8.9, which actually specifically mentions the duty of care for security, but also for psychological well-being. And it's great because it lists organizational agency level responsibilities, managerial responsibilities, and also individual responsibilities in terms of looking at preventing and addressing when people start to get um, it, it, to the point of having uh, encounters with uh, anxiety, depression, PTSD, some other effects on mental health. And we're seeing a lot of coverage now with COVID-19 a lot of people warning. Um, we are focused now on the physical aspects, but we also need to be keeping in mind the mental health repercussions of going through these stressful times. Uh, with, with the CHS Alliance, we, we were able to interview many people about organizational responsibility 8.9. And we started to see some different threads coming together between the mental health piece, but also the people management piece bringing in the organizational culture piece mm -hmm. yeah. through the lens of care and compassion. And for me, living through this time, it's quite interesting to see when people are asked to work from home. Yeah. Suddenly, the variables in their work situation change. Mm -hmm. Some of the people come to me and say, I actually enjoy working from home. 
because my, I'm not in the midst of a, a toxic work environment. I'm actually uh, able to get more done. Or they say, I'm actually really struggling because I love being with my team. I love interacting with them. And now I feel quite isolated. I, don't, I feel a bit cut off. I feel like there's a lot of meetings happening, but I don't know what's happening in the meetings. So I'm just curious from what you're going through, you're seeing it from your own team perspective. What are some things you're seeing, but also some tips that you're trying to steer the fort and lead your team with care and compassion? Mm. I think it's really like, it's going to be really interesting to see how this time of everyone having to work at home, how people adapt afterwards to that. Like, as you say, I think some people are enjoying this chance um for people like myself who don't ever like working at home i'm finding it interesting to try it out um but i think it you know i think we you miss that human element i I can see people are missing that human element the other piece i think that's challenging for some people is just not being able to read and i think this is across the board at the moment everyone is juggling different challenges Everyone's got very different personal setups and we're all sort of at different levels of anxiety uh, or stress or so we're just, I think just trying to kind of understand that we are in uncharted times um, and kind of try and read what different people's anxiety are. For the Alliance, we're a small team, um, but what we have done is put in a sort of daily check-in, a coffee break at 10.30 every morning, which is just a chance just for those who want to, just to kind of see each other and check in. And I really help, like that's the great thing nowadays of having kind of the Zoom where you can see people's faces and expressions and just kind of check in and see how, how they're all doing. So that's helping kind of keep a sense of, we're not waiting until we have a meeting, just a chance to kind of see everyone and connect in and just share share about what this is meaning to us all like what's its meaning to our daily lives and and some of the practical which is I suppose how emergencies happen isn't it where people share tips and ideas of how they're they're coping and where they're getting how long the queues were in the food line <laughs> like like it, I hope it gives us a lot of empathy in this situation it really should and to close, uh, several people have said that this initiative that's incubated by the CHS Alliance to cultivate caring, compassionate aid organizations, it's actually very well timed because the goal of the initiative, taking a long view, is to uh, promote cultures that we're operating in in the aid sector that are infused with care and compassion where people can thrive in their work and be even more effective in serving populations. And so having uh, that initiative run at this historic time Mm -hmm. gives people an excuse to pause, Mm -hmm. to reflect, and to consider there are other ways of working. We don't Mm -hmm. have to work the way we were before, and it's probably never going to be the same again after this pandemic. We're probably never going to go back to the way we were before. So can we try some new ways of working that are more people centered? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as you say, more human with a more human touch, um, a little bit swinging back from the machine focused 
professionalize. Mm -hmm. We need the professionalized part, but also the whole looking at the whole person. Um, so going forward with the initiative, we're going to be having conversations with different uh, people to come up with ideas. How can we mm -hmm. meet the standard? Mm -hmm. um, and how can we support people mm -hmm. doing that? So um, just to close, I wonder if you want to leave the listeners with any final words or any of your hopes going forward? Yeah, I think you've, you know, I, I really hope and look forward to the sort of analysis from this of kind of what has worked and how have people kind of reevaluated how they spend their time, how they manage themselves, how they communicate with others. And like you say, maybe a different machine way of, of operating. Um, and I just hope that, you know, what we don't lose in this is it brings back that kind of focus on the people um, and brings back that kind of idea of, of compassion for others. I think we're all being tested by that and to many people to really extreme degrees of, of what it means to not be able to be kind of physically connected with others and and how important that is um, and maybe just bringing back that kind of sense of humanness into our responses but also as well kind of the global solidarity as well that kind of this has really kind of brought us all back to that kind of essence of of humanness what we need to survive what we need to consider an empathy for those people who have it far far worse than than we've got any idea of right now excellent excellent way to leave us we'll put the human back in the humanitarian and we'll do we'll get through this in solidarity um, so i just want to thank you tanya tanya wood is the executive director of the chs alliance the chs alliance is currently incubating an initiative to cultivate caring and compassionate aid organizations and we will be asking for those of you who are interested to get involved and we'll have in the show notes a variety of resources uh, we didn't talk about it in this interview but the chs alliance has recently put together some guidance for those organizations who would like to be um, living up to the standard in the time of covid 19 so we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well as some other materials that have been put together for the initiative so thank you so much tanya and good luck to you Thank you, Melissa, and to you too. You've been listening to Melissa Petotti in conversation with Tanya Wood, and they've been introducing you to Embodying Change, a podcast about cultivating care and compassion in aid and development. The show was edited by Ziada Abed. If you enjoyed this show, please do share it. And if you're an iTunes listener and are listening to the podcast there, please do leave us a review as it helps others to find our show. We'll be back next week with another show exploring responding with care and compassion to COVID-19.